Hello and welcome to India Law Review podcast. This podcast is produced by India Justice Foundation, an organization committed to provide free legal aid to weaker sections of the society. We also conduct law clinics for budding entrepreneurs and help with business taxation and technology law. You are listening to the India Law Review podcast. It is a new podcast that answers all the important legal questions that you never knew where to ask. If you're a law student, practicing lawyer or just an entrepreneur seeking legal advice, this podcast is for you. Tune in to learn the nuggets of legal wisdom from expert legal minds. Our vision is to make the legal knowledge easily available to students, practitioners as well as to the general public. We hope such freely available information will be a valuable resource and empower people to understand the legal rights and duties. However, our podcast is for informational, educational and entertainment purpose only and is not to be construed as a professional legal advice. Today we want to look at the subject of environmental law. So we're going to look at some of the most important Supreme Court judgments relating to environmental law. Before we begin, I would like to frame a few questions on the topic. Who enforces the environmental laws? Are there enough laws to protect the environment? Or is there an issue with enforcement? What are the challenges faced by the authorities? What is the constitutional interpretation of environmental laws? Are there any strict penal provisions as compared to other laws such as the Indian Penal Code? How do we hold the state responsible for environmental disasters that affect public at large? What are the duties of a citizen in protecting the environment? And finally, What are the key principles that have emerged out of these judgments? Oof, that's a lot. So, let's begin with the question number one. Who enforces the environmental laws? Well, both central and state governments has the responsibility to protect the environment and provide people with pollution-free water and air as a basic human right to life. The central government has enacted the National Green Tribunal Act, also called as NGT Act, to set up a special tribunal that expedites disposal of cases relating to environmental protection and conservation of forest and other natural resources. Along with NGT, there are central and state pollution control boards to monitor different kinds of pollution. It is interesting to note that there are enough laws and policies relating to environmental protection. The biggest hurdle we are facing now is the enforcement of these laws by the state and its agencies. No one said better than the actor and activist Leonardo DiCaprio spoke in his opening remarks at the 2014 United Nations Climate Summit in New York City. This disaster has grown beyond the choices that individuals make. This is now about our industries and our governments around the world taking decisive, large-scale action. Now must be our moment. Yes, we can no longer be indifferent to the destruction caused by inefficient government policies and corporate greed. We all must act now. Because of our chalta attitude, we have dramatically altered the ecosystem, started to exhaust the already limited natural resources, and polluted the environment which makes life difficult for everyone, including birds and animals. Let's briefly understand how the environmental jurisprudence began in India. 
even though we had environmental laws before independence but it is only after the un conference on the human environment that took place in stockholm in the year 1972 also known as stockholm declaration that india started progressively enacting various laws to protect the environment let's hear what the stockholm declaration says quote in 1972 stockholm declaration affirms that man has the fundamental right to freedom equality and adequate conditions of life in an environment of quality that permits a life of dignity and well-being and he bears a solemn responsibility to protect and improve environment for present and future generations unquote inspired by the stockholm declaration the government set up the national council for environmental policy and planning in 1972 within the department of science and technology to establish a regulatory body to look after the environmental related issues this council later evolved into a full-fledged ministry of environment and forest moef which was established in 1985 which today is the apex administrative body in the country for regulating and ensuring environmental protection and lays down the legal and regulatory framework for the same some of the important legislation for environmental protection or prevention of cruelty to animals act 1960 the water prevention and control of pollution act 1974 the air prevention and control of pollution act 1981 the environment protection act 1986 Protection of Plant Varieties and Farmers Rights Act 2001, Biological Diversity Act 2002, the National Green Tribunal Act 2010, the Hazardous Waste Management Regulations, and so on. Let us take a step back and try to understand what is environment as per the law. The term environment is defined under Section 2A of the Environment Protection Act 1986, which includes water, air, and land. as well as the interrelationship which exists between water air and land and human beings other living creatures plants microorganisms and property now let us understand what the constitution has to say about the environment the 42nd amendment of the constitution has given two articles such as article 48a and 51ag which comes under the directive principles of the state policy and the fundamental duties So in Sachidanand Pandey case the Supreme Court held that the court is bound to bear in mind above said articles whenever it is related to environmental pollution is brought to the court Article 48A states that the state shall be responsible to protect and improve the environment and to safeguard the forest and wildlife of the country Article 51AG imposes a duty upon every citizen of India to protect and improve the natural environment and confers the right to come before the court for appropriate relief. Now, let us look at some of the historical Supreme Court judgments on environmental issues. One person who had single-handedly fought for the environmental issues by filing series of cases and brought the court's attention to the pressing environmental issues is an advocate and activist Mahesh Chandra Mehta who is a pioneer in public interest environmental litigation he was awarded the Goldman environmental prize in 1996 for his continuous fights in indian courts against pollution causing industries he received the ramon matsase award for asia for public service in 1997 Several key principles evolved based on his fight for environment. Let us hear his thoughts on 
water pollution control and the role of judiciary in India. When we talk about the rivers, so if they have a, we should respect them. We should see that yes, the river is not an ordinary thing which can be, you know, polluted or which can be, you know, just you know, destroyed the way we are doing. The lakes, the same way, you know, the lakes are very important. The groundwater is very important because it has a direct connection, you know, with the groundwater. So everything is so, so essential. But now in India, what has happened? That after the Stockholm Conference, we made the water law. Water Pollution Control Act, that is we call that 1974. And even up to this time, 74, 1974 and now it is 2013, if you ask me the question, I will say that it is still on paper only. So if it is on paper, what is the use of making such law? There is no use. I don't read even those laws because I know that there is no enforcement body. So if there is no enforcement body, how beautiful the law is there. You made a book and then ultimately you, know, you, you decorate your shelf you know, beautifully, you know. What is the use? You have to, you have to enforce that. Absolutely. We need our government and judiciary to step up the game and protect the environment from exploitation. One of Mehta's landmark environmental cases, MC Mehta vs Union of India, also known as Oleum Leak Case. Quote, Gas has leaked. The gas is traveling. I am worried about your lordship's life. Unquote. Environmental lawyer Mahesh Chandar Mehta relieves what he told the Chief Justice of India P. N. Bhagwati on December 4, 1985. Oleum gas had just leaked from the Sriram chlorine plant in Najafgarh and Delhi at Pani. The court held that any enterprise that is engaged in an, in an inherently dangerous activity is absolutely liable to compensate all those affected by an accident. The key feature of the judgment was the principle of absolute liability, in which no exceptions, such as an act of God or allowed. The case took place soon after the Bhopal gas tragedy and was keenly watched as an instance of how the courts would deal with companies responsible for environmental disasters. Unfortunately, the complex court litigation around the Bhopal gas tragedy was an example of what not to do in such cases. In the case of rural litigation and entitlement Kendra, Dehradun was a state of Uttar Pradesh, a new concept called sustainable development emerged. This case is also famously known as the Dehradun Valley litigation. In Mussoorie Hill range of Himalayas, the activity of quarrying was being carried out. Limestone was extracted by blasting out the hills with the dynamite. This also resulted in cave-ins and slumping because the mines dug deep into the hillsides which is an illegal practice per se. In 1988, in the Dehradun Valley litigation, the court concluded the continued mining in the valley violated the Forest Conservation Act. The court even went beyond the requirements of the Act to conserve forests and issued orders to ensure that the valley be reforested. It is also noted that although the state of Uttar Pradesh had a reforestation program, the record of reforestation was not encouraging. After this, the valley was designated as an ecologically fragile area under the Environment Protection Act. In addition, the center appointed a Doon Valley Board under the chairmanship of the Minister for Environment and Forest, which was charged with conserving and restoring degraded areas of the valley. The Supreme Court concluded that 
mining in reserved forest in the Dehradun Valley violated the Forest Conservation Act. The Constitution of India guarantees the right to the wholesome environment as a fundamental right under Article 21. Industrialization leads to development which further leads to the degradation of the environment. To resolve this issue, the doctrine of sustainable development has come up. That is, there must be a balance between development and ecology. Environmental degradation is not justified on the state of national interest. According to the socio-economic needs of the country, administrative and legislative strategies for harmonizing environmental and development values should be formulated. Courts play a very crucial role in determining the scope of the powers and functions of administrative agencies and in striking a balance between the environment and development. The need of the hour is to strike a balance between the two, that is, development on one side and pollution-free environment on the other. In another Mehta's case, Mr. Mehta fought to include environmental awareness as part of an education system. Honorable Supreme Court gave various directions to the central and state governments for providing compulsory environmental education to the students of schools and colleges throughout the country. This war cannot be fought alone. We need everyone's support. Most of the creative ideas of the youth to make a big difference. So in conclusion, we can no longer afford to be ignorant about the environmental issues. Such deft silence will only take us back to the Stone Age. We need to step up and create public awareness and seriousness towards handling the issues of environmental pollution. We need more tighter environmental enforcement agencies. We need citizens to be mindful of the way they tackle the environment, whether it is by segregating their waste or keeping their surroundings clean. It is time to switch to a sustainable means of living. We need to keep up the pressure on the government, political parties, corporates and media to tackle these issues. Thank you for listening to the India Law Review Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed our podcast. You can learn more about our other podcasts at indialawreview.com and you can also follow us through Twitter and Facebook at India Law Review. Thank you for listening and until our next podcast, don't forget to subscribe so you can get the latest news and insights from the top legal minds.